I'm Shark Child, and this is The Dark Verse, a collection of my strange works with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. It is time, finally, for another installment of the Changing Faith series. You may want to listen to the first two parts before you continue and listen to the third part that I have for you now. I know I had to listen to those parts to reacquaint myself, but I shouldn't let you know that. Without further ado, I present to you the 30th episode of The Dark Verse and the third part of The Changing Faith. ally an infernal enemy is time it can change history and efface memories it can create life and it can take it away and to the immortal time is the ultimate instrument of both plague the uncanny curse of centuries of wisdom and knowledge and experience and pain and revision The gift of the possibility of perfection, relative, of course, to the individual who controls its direction. There are many rewards and follies of time, but it is these two that, existing as nemeses to each other, destroy any hope of blamelessness. Though I may strive for redemption, my guilt of acts past will always rest beside my heart. Each and every decision, whether selfless or selfish, shall hang above my head in a halo of eternal flames. If I had lungs to scream beyond limitation, I would beg for the forgiveness of ages past. If I had hands to number the devils of my years, I would sacrifice them to the lives I took and fiendishly displaced. My suffering can only end in death but I cannot allow it to comfort me. I am undeserving, and if it came now, it would only be failure. I can only find redemption at the end of one path, and that is with the extinction of my race. I will be victorious. I will finish what I have set out to accomplish, and though the odds of success have been unforgiving, I have marched forward effortlessly. There is something with me, something that has always been with me, and it is fighting for me, making my triumphs as easy as cleaning the blade end of my whip. Perhaps this companion was that which changed me, 
or perhaps it has seen my mission and longed for nothing less than the very same outcome. And perhaps I am its catalyst. If I am, I will be loyal unto the very end. For many years, I waited in hiding, letting my disappearance wash and fade with abysmal time. Time that had nowhere or effect on my will or ravenous, vengeful desires. The pertinence of my capture throughout the kingdom of tomb steadily lessened and spread thin. And as a new century grew near, and my face only remained in the minds of those who I would destroy, my calling eagerly pulled me from concealment and returned me to action. Even Sturmistas and Clover had long withered amongst the world, taking his knowledge to the grave, his homage living forever in my memories. Patience was necessary, years and years and years of patience. I had slain the faiths of Saturn Valley, the faiths of Morpit Hollows, the faiths of the three great cities, Falaron, Het, and Grohl and even the wandering faiths of the wilderness beyond Aiken's terror. Blood had been spilled deep into the soil of tomb. But if I were to ever end the nightmare once and for all, I needed to strike at the very epicenter of the Amirments and the religion they were bound to. I needed to strike the Tower of Entrance. There was no timeline the events that occurred there, only the innumerable cadence of a mysteriously sized hourglass, and when that time expired, it reverberated through the air, and it trembled beneath the ground. I could feel it inside me, and I could hear its call. When that time expired, it was the beginning all over again. It was the birth of a faith. There were beginnings even for faiths, though it was not often that they came to be. When the moon was right and the skies were clear, the priests of the Almighty of Shadows and Shade forged the accumulations of rampant soul, soul that journeyed the heavens of the stars, and soul that made it black. From the living came the dead, and from the dead came the shadows, and the shadows became lost in the spaces of the furthest regions, and from these shadows came the faith. Only when the universe deemed such a date could decades of this artifact mass be summoned into the seat of a faith's heart, and conjured into life through the amirments, bound into flesh by the very hands of the Almighty of Shadows and Shade. This ceremony seemed to be the only time that the great master of the Amirments ever shown himself, and it was this moment that I had waited for restlessly. When I set foot into the tower of entrance, feelings reminiscent of other, unknown lives split between my mind and took me to incorporeal realms and flashes of whispering gloom. My essence waned beneath the animosity of undead catastrophe hovering all around. In lucid transparency, things were waiting to feast on my consciousness. They lurked behind thoughts and the visions of my sight, 
manifesting subtle inconsistencies to thwart the weak and unprepared. I resisted their haunting with a gracious smile. This place, this temple, was the birthing house of my kind, and so it would be here that I would forever end the future of my brethren, the filth and spawn of evil. In all of my 474 years, I had not returned once since the day of my own creation. I looked around the main hall of the tower, confident in my entrance as dozens of ghosts followed behind and beside me, their power contorting the world within them. I walked through the doors of the Apothecon and began making my way up the bountiful ascension, 3,771 steps that swung wide around a thick cylindrical expansion. I was eager to greet whom and what awaited me at the top. The tower of entrance stood tall on a precipice of rock deep within the Starsight mountain range. Within its highest rooms, only the depths of the mountain's ravines could be seen. But the tower was not meant for sights of landscapes. Greeting heights with supernatural build, the tower of entrance spoke into the skies of all things through the means of its wicked priests. Its smooth, curved stones formed a hub for the necromancies of the kingdom and beyond. I had not encountered any opposition by the time I reached the halfway mark of the bountiful ascension, but I began to hear the sweet, terrible noises of ceremony above me, the horrible diapason of murmurings and humming scribbled uneasiness upon my flesh, and with the sounds those unseen inhabitants of the tower writhed impatiently with glee. I continued upward. As I grew near the zenith of my climb, even my ghosts began to tremble. They spun about me, anxious and unsettled. At the top of the bountiful ascension rested the sister doors of the Apothecon, the Epithecon, a much grander display of architecture and might. These doors stood ornately with the most detailed carvings of the histories of my brethren. They had no enchantments or traps within them. Their pure, thick existence was daunting enough to behold. The sounds behind the Epithecon reeled exasperatingly. I pushed through the towering doors. Within the expanse of a huge, dome room, a figure holding his hands and head to the heavens set his gaze upon my own. His eyes bulged and fury boiled beneath. Like the winds of passing and the corridors in between, this moment has come with expectant force, spoke the figure. You have arrived not a moment too soon. On either side of this figure, six priests of the Almighty of Shadows and Shade stood at the points of the immurements within the circular space. While the lone figure before me had altered his gaze, the other twelve priests had not. Their arms remained outstretched, and their heads remained bent back, faces to the ceiling. 
incantations and mumblings ululated from their tongues. The room in itself was plain. There were no decorations or luxuries as within the temples of the kingdom. There was not even an altar. The only aspect of the room that held any unfamiliar purpose was an exposing circle cut into the peak of the dome, allowing cold, bitter air to nestle all around. The stars and moon in the night sky shone through the opening and appeared larger than I had ever seen them, their light engrossing the dome room's interior. I have come for you, I said. The figure's eyes still bulged, and his expression did not change. And I have waited for you, the figure returned, although I do not think you know who I am. His hair was brown and haggard, his robe was gray and worn, his features were youthful and knowledge-stricken, and his eyes radiated ancientness. It does not matter who you are, you must die. I shot forth perfectly, as if rehearsed. It had been much too long since I had last struck down my enemies. The figure began to laugh, eyes still bulging. His chuckles apathetically resounded against the backdrop of priest-encanted harmony. Much too late for that. It is irrelevant now. What does matter is that you are here. Welcome to the appraisaline, the ceremony of the Dark One. Once began, it cannot be stopped, not by you, not by me, not by death, not by any means. So, as you were, kill m Before he could even finish his last words, my ghost had stolen his every orifice of life. Only the bones of his frame were left, and even those fell to the ground and shattered into dust. Each of the other priests met the same demise not moments later. They never faltered from their pious stances. They never stopped with their endless sounds. When they were all laid to rest, there was nothing left in the room but the light from above. And there, standing in the stillness and silence, with vendetta written across my soul, I waited for what was to come. That concludes the third part of the Changing Faith series and the 30th episode of the dark verse if you want to contact me about anything you can do so by emailing me at sharkchild at the darkverse.com if you want to befriend me on myspace you can do so by going to myspace.com slash the dark verse or myspace.com slash sharkchild please listen to all of my past podcasted episodes and stories by going to thedarkverse.com or by using iTunes. Either one works. I haven't brought this up since the beginning of the Dark Verse, but I have a donation section or um, link on the homepage of thedarkverse.com, and I'm bringing it up because I'm going to be self publishing a volume one book 
of the first 26 stories of the dark verse, which is equivalent to the first year's worth of stories. I want to make a really cool and creepy kind of hardcover book and offer it to you guys. So um, if you feel compelled to support me with my endeavors, I would be greatly, greatly, greatly honored because I have to do it out of my own pocket. So um, support the dark verse. Yeah. All right, until next week, goodbye. All stories on the dark verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love. Love.